I dedicate this as an offering to the three treasures of the true Buddhism of sowing and pray that their beneficence, power, and influence ever more widely prevail. Welcome back, friends, to another edition of Sokyakai Becoming Ichiren Shoshu Member. I'm your host, Zanzan, or Alexander, or AJ. And I am here to talk a little bit more about my personal path. So if you wanted to hear me read some of the awesome un- <laughs> unmatched teachings of Nichiren Daishonen, you might want to check out some of the earlier episodes. Okay, here we go. So when I got the SGI Gohonzon, or the <laughs> SGI Honzon, or the counterfeit Gohonzon, however you uh, currently see it, <laughs> pardon me, I then began a path that lasted 10 years in the Sokogakai, traversing the, traversing the ladders of leadership and uh, being put in a position to speak in front of people multiple times and trying to really lend my energy to the cause I thought was Kosen Rufu and really trying to merge with the Sokogakai Buddha and advance Kosen Rufu. I also chanted a lot to merge with or unite with Daisaku Ikeda because that's what I was told to do I said they said that was the ultimate prayer was the oneness of mentor and disciple well come to find out the oneness of master and disciple is a little different it's you united with Nichiren Daishonin and all the high priests and chief priests of Nichiren Shoshu Uh, it's very powerful a lot more horsepower uh, the original way too I guess if you want to look at it that way so back to when I got the SGI scroll First mistake, they didn't have me clear out my house of any other religious objects. And as maybe you've already heard, I was practicing my own little version, demented version of shamanism, and uh, Wiccan prayer circles and coven magic and things, and studying hands quantum physics-based hands-on healing, and uh, and reciting ancient Sumerian uh, verse to trigger primordial psychic brain neurons. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, also called demon god magic. But So, you know, when I received the SGI scroll, I had an altar for a pagan ritual. I had a high altar for what I considered higher magic of things greater than myself. And it was just a lot of incense dust everywhere and candles that were burned down. Lots of wax dripped over things. And I had a pentagram made out of silver, I think, or pewter or sterling silver. But it was big. It was big and heavy. It went in, it went in the center of the Wiccan altar. I had a red candle, a green candle for the bodily energies and the motherly energies of the planet and the cosmos. And yeah, you would utilize these things for prayer and magic and, and uh, influence. I heard um, one of my evil magic teachers tell me that in the book of demonology she read that magic was gifted to man by the angels to help them have more influence on earth. What an interesting story, I thought. But uh, so they didn't have me get rid of any of those things. So what I experienced was an overwhelming upheaval of crazy amounts of karma from breaking out into hives and having to go into the hospital and live on Benadryl for a while to all kinds of things. Let me explain some of them. So the first thing I did, because I was trying to summon a mate, you know, a, a female counterpart to share life with and things as young men do often dream about. And uh, well, 
I was, in the, I was into a lot of crystal magic or um, uh, geomancy, you might say, uh, vibration, um, Fibonacci sequence, you know, um, sympathetic vibration, and then the elevation of everything around the crystals, right? And so I would hold them, I would pass them around to people, hold them, I would wash them under warm water, I would bury them, I would dig them up, I would hold them again, I would sit with them for hours and with closed eyes and, and things like that. And, and so these uh, items considered to me, uh, I considered them to be some sort of power items or if not just great causes and they, they have an attribute attributed to them based on the minerals the mineral inclusions uh, for instance rose quartz which is the here which is the star of this story um, I wanted to wear rose quartz carry rose quartz for the purpose of um, stimulating compassion through the heart chakra energies the color pink is a frequency of the arms and the heart and the lungs and, and and so when you hold a crystal sometimes you even cry um, healing tears. This is just an interesting phenomenon um, explained through um, a science maybe yet to be discovered or, or widely disseminated anyway. Because there are lots of spiritualists who use crystals for things and I used them that way. So I had a crystal ball, um, not for scrying, which is seeing into the future or the past or something. Um, never much of a scryer myself. Uh, Instead, the crystal ball was made out of rose quartz. It had nice rainbows in it every now and then. You'd match it up to the sun. And then uh, you know, I'd hold it till it got warm. I'd hold it in my pocket when I walked and things. And then I'd, where I messed up is I'd use it in ritual as well. And so when I got the SGI scroll, first thing I did was it had a nice little stand. I put it right up next to the scroll, right up on the bottom corner, sometimes in the center of the scroll in front of it, the, the, the rose quartz crystal ball. And I was chanting to find the mate, the girlfriend, someone. And so first um, an SGI member came over and I was wondering what he was going to say, uh, Mr. Sutton. And right away he was like, I don't know if you should put that there. I was like, I'm making a cause for my life. This is cause and effect. I am making a cause for love. This is what I'm doing. And he was like, I don't know. I was like, you've been chanting for a girlfriend for how long? And it hasn't happened, so I'm making cause. You know, if you haven't seen this, maybe this is what you should do too. I think I even gave him a crystal. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> he said he would get tired when he chanted with me in front of it, and I just thought that was interesting because the whole, all of it was very exhilarating to me still at that time, <laughs> chanting hours and hours. And so then I would, because um, I still hadn't let go of any of these other things. I would chant hours and hours, and then I would make cause. And the, the strongest way I thought to make cause was to work magic. <laughs> so the um, oldest, strongest magic that I had utilized was um, uh, incantations and sigil inscription uh, from the uh, Necronomicon. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, the idea of triggering with these symbols and these ancient words that you say uh, a primordial psychic connection with you and your environment. And so these symbols were in this book, and you would copy them onto paper, and then you would say the incantation in the book um, no more than three times in a row. You could do it between the hours of 3 and 5 a.m. to make it stronger. It's called psychic quiet time, um, or some people call it the witching hour. And so I would do all the things to make it a good cause, strong cause. <laughs> it sounds pretty crazy, right? Yeah, and uh, so I would chant hours, and then I would uh, encant in front of a self-inscribed uh, demonic symbol 
and some of these symbols were interesting because the attributes that they espoused to were like mastering mathematics and then something like that or um, one of them was to find your true will and you know it was very vague, you know, very vague. and so so I did this and one was like manifestation or something like that so then I would do that demon incantation and then as the sun set as I'd walk to work I would then say a little poem um, somewhat of a, a self-made spell you know just to kind of infuse my energy into the sunset and also uh, with my mouth and cause of will that should be strengthened I thought right uh, manifest a girlfriend or something so I did this <clears throat> and right away maybe on the third day after I did the third one Oh, and you don't show anybody those symbols, and <laughs> you don't tell anybody about the magic and all this. Yeah, it's interesting. Don't cross the beams, man. Okay, back to the crazy story. So one day I go to work at an arcade. I'm working at this arcade. Gameworks, two-story arcade bar and grill, the first one, if any of you all know what that is. And uh, th there was a new employee. <laughs> and this new employee, I won't say her last name, but her, her name was Crystal, of all, of all things. And this is the kicker. She wore a huge rose quartz pendant around her neck. <laughs> I'd done all that crazy stuff, and I thought, you know, magic, magic, chanting, poem, you know. And then here's this, to me, sign. It's a sign. I'm like, oh, it's a sign. Look at this. And she was pretty, too, you know. <laughs> Like, ah, oh, a sign, but I was really more like tripping out about the sign because I didn't really notice too much else, I think, but I was just blinded by all the weird spiritual stuff that I was doing. And uh, that, that turned out to be a, a horrible, a horrible, I'm going to fast forward through a lot of it, a horrible experience. And, and uh, I mean, I'm going to just, <laughs> there's, there's, there's really, there's really um, another time to even explain how horrible it got. And so I chalked it up to maybe when you put something like that strong in front of the, the, the scroll, maybe you, you learn a lesson of that, of that chakra was my theory. I thought, well, I'm not, you know, I was just so depressed after and just so beat up about it. And it was just horrible. And so the idea of uh, that was like one of my first lessons of, of like, what is this? This is some strong stuff. And uh, but but she ended up joining the SGI and and uh, and doing her own thing in the SGI and probably I think still part of the SGI. I tried to tell her about Nichiren Shoshu. This is ten years later, mind you. Uh, although it's interesting, so interesting talking to people who don't want to um, hear the the law of Nam Myoho Renge Kyo as taught by Nichiren Daishonin. They want to hear it. Stopped by Daisaku Ikeda for some reason. It's interesting. Who knows what we really want? Don't we all really want happiness? That's what we really want, right? I mean, even a even a cruel villain wants happiness. <laughs> even in the, even in their own cruel villainous way. So that was that was a lesson learned. <clears throat> but, what, but my point here is that. Um, Daisaku Ikeda, in the book my, To My Dear Friends in America, which is a collection of speeches that he came to America and gave all over the country, uh, instructing, people, uh, instructing people on how to practice his version of this Buddhism. <laughs> and 
he says in that book, page 200 or 180-something, I don't remember now, <clears throat> that the, he calls it the Gohon Zone, oh, but we know it as the counterfeit Gohon Zone. He said the counterfeit Gohon Zone uh, can be, he said, you know, he said all the other uh, scripture teachings and Buddhist teachings are instruction manuals for the counterfeit Gohon Zone. That's pretty much what he said. And I was like, what? Because you read the other stuff, and even as a magic user and self-proclaimed shaman, which is nothing, really. It's really nothing at all. <laughs> it's like it works. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it then made me think, oh, all this knowledge I have of other stuff, I can just mix it. I said, oh, I can just apply it and see, just like I did with that crystal, and, uh, and see how that goes. <laughs> And so I would see members, maybe because they read this, maybe just because of the energy of the Sogagakai, who would have like medicine bags uh, put on top of their altars, and they would chant, and they were leaders too, chapter leaders. Or they would uh, be sound healers uh, who, who have a lot of other ways that they consider uh, uh, equal or, or more powerful. So much so that their body starts destroying itself. And they, I mean, what I've noticed with a lot of self-proclaimed healers is, is that uh, there's a, a mana burn. There's a mana burn. And whether you take it into yourself or not, in Nichiren Shoshu Buddhism, it's understood that it's, it's more slanderous to not rely on the law than to rely on the, on the law. And so when you are mixing in the Gakkai and getting results, actually, too, that's what's interesting, is you might get a manifest effect. Although your internal reality, you don't attain the Sakushin Jabutsu Kyochi Myogo, you know, the Buddhahood in your present form, fusion with um, subjective and objective. There's this, there's this uh, fueling of your ego, just like in the higher echelons of the magic users. There's this, um, as Isaku Ikeda puts it, you become as powerful as a demon armed with an iron staff. That is in a red Daily Guidance book on March 5th, I think. If you have volume two, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and, and it's interesting because you'd think that that would drive some people away when they read that. Like a demon with an iron staff. I don't want to. But for some reason, I don't know why uh, that type of fight energy was accepted by people who wanted to be Buddhists. See, I didn't know really what was going on and I felt everything but human. And so I thought, well, this is a way to utilize my powers. But it just made it all worse, you see. It made it all worse. Oh, I made it all worse. <laughs> and one time I mixed the chanting and the demon magic to um, do the mathematics one because I was going to be in a, a math test and I really wanted to pass the math test and I was worrying a lot. I was like, what else can I do? And so I was studying with somebody else who actually started chanting to the SGI as well. And they were worrying a lot and they were both stressed and worried. So I was sharing the Nami Haringe Kyo with as many people as I could. And then I was also doing the demon magic stuff. And then what happened was the day, what was it? There was a, there was a snowstorm <laughs> in Seattle. There was a crazy snowstorm and the school shut down for like a week or a day or two. I don't know, it was crazy. But it was just enough time to study more. <laughs> it was, I was cracking up. I said, I don't know if this is related, but here's my, here's my victory here. And then we go to the test and then th the teacher messes up with the timing and thinks we have way more time than we do. I f I'm the only one amongst like three or so who finish 
the test, which was interesting to me as well, because I was relying on all of those things I did. And then the time was cut sh so short because of her misunderstanding of timing that she did it on a bell curve anyway. <laughs> I was beside myself with just misunderstanding, right? I was just so um, fueled by this manifest effect that, it, that even it was just, I was hooked. I said, okay, this chanting, there's something to it. And then eventually, when enough unexplainable, horrible, weird, crazy things happened, I managed to put away the demon magic, buried all the sigils and magic instruments in the dirt somewhere in Capitol Hill, Seattle. And, uh, yeah, began began a long trek through the the lower worlds that is the Sokagakai Buddha, because there's a higher world. There's a world above time, Kwan Ganjo. We're talking... We're talking the Buddha of Kwan Ganjo, above time, time without beginning or end. That's the Namyoho Renge Kyo that uh, I chant now. And it drives me to really share all of this with all of you because maybe, just maybe, it'll help something somewhere. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's just entertaining. Maybe just fill some time. I hope it may help you fill some more time. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Thank you again for joining me. I hope now. There's a little bit more understanding. And definitely, I'm just a regular old person. I am just sharing my regular old story here in America. And uh, if, if you really want to know about this Buddhism, call a temple. They're really cool. You don't even have to tell them you're a Sokogakai member. Although, I mean, why not? <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a beautiful thing when you talk to a priest or, or email them. They're great with emails. And they, they often send awesome quotes. Oh, I just... I can't encourage you enough to call a temple, even if you're a Hokkaido member. Have <laughs> you called your temple lately? <laughs> there's a there's a connection, a flow. There's there's benefit. There's reward. There's there's deepening of compassion and understanding, just in calling, or or in reaching out and connecting to to the temples. They're here for that. They're here as as training grounds for for attaining Buddhahood in your present form. You know, they're not going to sell you a bunch of stuff. They're not going to tell you to buy this book and get you to be a, a leader in your first week of practice, you know, that kind of thing. And there's no divisions. There's no men's division, women's division. Uh, you, there's no, that's all another thing. You know, there's, there's no separation. Like, you can't come to this meeting. Oh, you can't come to this meeting. Oh, you can't come to this. There's none of that. There's, there's lots of that in the Sokogakai. I, I ran into it plenty of times. My heart was always broken because I thought, well, if there's a Gohon zone here, why isn't everybody welcome? That's what I thought. And uh, it turns out there wasn't a Gohon zone here. <laughs> So it's all coming together. Okay. Thank you for joining me again. Don't forget to have fun. And again, this is in no way at all glorifying magic. This is meant to denounce it, at the very least. And for those of you wanting the numbers of the Nietzsche and Shoshu temples here in America, and soon I'll have the numbers for other ones, I'm just going to put this at the end of every episode. Um, Los Angeles area, Myohoji Temple, phone number 323-565-2888. Uh, New York area, Myosetsuji Temple, phone number 718-961-7269. Hawaii, Hon. Hawaii Honsaiji Temple, I believe, 808-235-8486. San Francisco area, Myoshinji Temple, that's the temple I belong to, woohoo! 510-222-8372. Uh, Washington, D.C. area, 
Washington, Washington D.C. area, Myo Senji Temple, three zero one five nine three nine three nine seven. Vancouver area, Myo Shoji Temple, six zero four five eight zero three nine nine three. And if you're in Brazil, the phone number there for the temple is one one five five eight one eight two one five. Thank you. And please call them with your questions. They have wonderful answers. Email them. Um, seek the law.